Hey, before we get started today, I wanted to put the caveat out there that uh, I'm not trying to turn you into an exhibitionist or a nudist of any sort. I just uh, I think there's some really interesting information out there, some things that you should know about or at least kind of consider uh, about the the clothes that you wear and the environment that you put your own body in that really could affect your not only your physical structure, but also the way your DNA expresses itself. Uh, so by no means do I want you to start moving around uh, and going around your daily life commando or um, even fully nude, which, you know, there's laws against that. You can't do that. Uh, but I did want to share just some information that I find totally fascinating and I uh, can't wait to share this with you. So just wanted to say that before we get started, but let's go ahead and get moving. Hey, welcome to episode 15 of the Fit Life Formula Podcast. My name is Brian Sippets. I'm the CEO of Advantage Strength in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The Fit Life Formula is a show for the members of Advantage Strength, but also anybody who wants to continue uh, gardening, playing soccer, riding bikes, hiking, biking, anything that they love doing. Uh, they want to be able to do that for a long, long time to come, well into their later years. Uh, this is a show for you. We're going to be talking about different topics that are going to help you last longer, uh, play better, move better, all those kinds of things, be healthier um, all the way until old age. And so today we're going to be talking about some stuff that I find unbelievably interesting. Um, and a lot of this comes from Katie Bowman's book, which is called Move Your DNA. And I spent, you know, a majority of this book, I actually listened to it, a majority of this listen with my mouth hanging open, like shaking my head, just unbelievable stuff. A lot of stuff that, you know, I kind of knew already, like some, some of it, but there's some conclusions drawn there that are pretty amazing, and she's just an awesome writer too. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'd say that would be well worth it if you're interested in how uh, this environment, how your, um, how your environment, how your, I guess, habits affect how your body looks, feels, and moves. So um, definitely a read worthwhile. And kind of the biggest thing is, I guess, the biggest irony of all this, the biggest take home is that we as a population are dying from our natural tendency to do as little as possible. And so we have, not only do we have basically sedentary lives, we drive most places, uh, even if it could be a short walk, we tend to drive, especially like I know, especially when I was in college, I was guilty of it too. Um, either, you know, riding a scooter or, or taking a car to the dining hall, which might have been a three-minute walk away. So um, we are sort of wired to not be lazy, but just move as little as possible. Um, and it's really affecting our health. And so what we found is that the advances to the, that are there, like, you know, adv super advanced, quote-unquote, footwear, um, and, you know, advanced, uh, workout gear and all this, the things that we've developed to make our lives less physically taxing, um, have also taxed us physically. And so, you know, there's, it's not a secret that our society right now is not in good shape, is, is not thriving, is not healthy. Um, so there's something going on there. And, you know, there's a lot of topics covered in this move your DNA book that, talk about some of the the things that might be might be going on 
One of the biggest topics covered in this book is the idea of mechanotransduction. So that what that is is a big word that basically means how our physical self, our physical body, adapts and shapes to our experience of the natural world, um, the physical world, I should say. And so we see a lot of this, you know, in, in athletics. You know, there's definitely bodies that are, you can tell, are definite sports bodies. You know, you can usually pick out a swimmer's body. You can pick out a hockey player's body, all those things. And uh, you can look at baseball players and see one shoulder slumped down to the side. Um, but basically the idea is your, your physical body is the total of loads experienced by your body. And what I mean by that is, let's say a baseball pitcher, the upper arm of a baseball player, the humerus is rotated in lifetime baseball players. So it's rotated back um, which is, in a lot of ways, a mechanical advantage for pitchers because they can get their their arm when they're at, let's say, 90 degrees at the shoulder and 90 degrees at the elbow. They can get their arm to lay back farther, which gives them more whip on um, on a pitch. It allows them to use their arm like a whip. So not only is it may be there in the first place, but pitch after pitch after pitch and lay back after lay back after lay back changes the shape of that arm and actually rotates the humerus back um, so that becomes more of an advantage, number one, but it's also a result of the environment that that pitcher lives in. So it's important to know that the, the environment that you live in determines not only the shape of your body, but also has an effect on how your DNA expresses itself. And there's some pretty jaw-dropping information in this book about, you know, the, the natural world. Uh, our, our bodies have evolved in a certain way, but now with all these artificial supports and artificial means of uh, transportation and everything like that, our genes are not expressing themselves in the same way that they did before. So the, the genes obviously are what program uh, our body. It's, the, it's sort of the, the code that our body is built by. But it's not just about the building. It's about the forces that, that your tissues undergo that allow DNA to or genes to express themselves in the appropriate way. And so what um, Katie Bowman is shedding light on is the fact that because our our genes are not our bodies are not taking on the forces that they typically take on, um, our genes are not expressing themselves in the same way, and some of that has been um, you know led to cancer, disease, a lot of things that we haven't seen or that aren't seen in you know more primitive tribes and that kind of stuff. And that's, there's a lot to argue there. You could say, you know, you can't really draw that conclusion, but I'm not saying that this is the reason. I just think it's super interesting and it it is something to consider. Plus as a movement guy, a guy that owns a gym, a guy that uh, I feel like I understand the value of not just working out, but also moving in varied directions in varied ways at varied paces. Um, I know that I feel better doing that. I know that our members feel better doing that. So there's, there's definitely some connection there, whether it's correlative or causative. Is that a word? Causative? Causal? I don't know. But um, there's definitely a connection there. And with, you know, to tie this back to the Fit Life formula, the, the Fit Life formula is not, you know, work out hard every day. The workout, the Fit Life formula is three days a week of something that you enjoy. And if you go all the way back to episode, oh, I don't know, two or three, when we talk about doing the things that you enjoy, um, 
part of the caveat there is that they are in varied movements, varied motions. Um, so you, you you know you might think of like the the squatting and twisting and reaching of of gardening or or landscape work, um, and then you know the basically repetitive. Uh, movements of cycling or running. So there's two very different things there. The argument here would be that maybe the the squatting and bending and, um, you know, turning of the hips and reaching with the arms of, of gardening might be more beneficial and much more like of a natural force on your body than that of cycling where you're, you know, your legs are burning, you get your heart rate up. Um, but But that's kind of, you know, that's why there's a mix. That's why we want a mix of activities, varied ranges of motion, that kind of stuff, because all of it works together to keep you healthy. There's an example in the book that um, has really stuck with me over the years. I read this book probably, oh, I don't know, six, five, six years ago. There's an example in the book that stuck with me ever since, and it just makes so much sense. And um, the example is, um, if you go to SeaWorld, um, or if you, you know, anywhere where you could see a killer whale in captivity, you'll notice that the dorsal fin or the fin on the on the back is usually curved over. In fact, that's kind of the way I picture a, a killer whale is with that curved fin. Um, well, it turns out that only happens in captivity. That only happens to killer whales in captivity. That's the only time you'll see the dorsal fin or the fin on the back curved over like that. And a lot of times um, it goes in a certain direction. It goes to the left. But the interesting thing about that, that fin is made up mostly of, of cartilage, like, um, like your ear would be. And the reason that it slumps over is because it doesn't have the same forces on it that a whale in the wild would have, or a killer whale would have in the wild. So there's not um, the depth, there's not the directional forces of the water, the currents, um, all of that acting on the fin itself. So the tissue never strengthens to the point or maybe it was that strong but then weakens to the point where it can't even support the the fin can't even support itself um you know standing upright so in the wild killer whales have an upright dorsal fin it's it shoots straight up but in captivity because they don't experience the depth because they don't experience the directional movements of the water the currents the the twists and turns that they create when they're swimming that fin gets soft and slumps over. And the illustration there is just a great way to point out that if you're not living in an environment that you're made to live in, like what would be probably a more primitive environment for us, if you're not living in that environment, your body doesn't receive the forces that it needs to be, to be fit, to be um, you know, what it could be. So our shape and our condition has a lot to do with the physical environment that we live in. Sometimes that's unavoidable. Um, you know, I think companies are doing a much better job now offering standing desk, which is like, you know, an eighth of a step in the right direction. It's better than sitting for sure. Um, but, you know, what we might be better off with are just computers on the floor or, um, you know, computers where we don't have to reach forward and reach for the keys um, because, you know, Yes, we are standing, and that's a good thing. Uh, but also think about you know the position of your hands and your neck craning forward, the the effect of the computer screen on your eyes. So all of these are unnatural things. They're not. It's not a natural environment that we're living in. We can help some of that, um, 
but we're not obviously going to go back to the Stone Age with that. But keep in mind that these are all things that are going to affect how your body is shaped and how your how your genes express themselves, your overall health, your overall uh, condition. So with all that in mind, you know, you may be putting yourself in an environment that doesn't allow you to experience the appropriate forces and thus you aren't experiencing your healthiest self. So we're going to talk about a couple of those today. And obviously the name of the episode is Get Naked and Stay Healthy. Um, So we're going to talk about some clothing options that, you know, that are affecting maybe the way your body expresses itself. And to begin with, we're going to start with literally the most foundational stuff that you can. And by foundation, that's no, that's no accident there. Um, We're going to be talking about shoes and the feet. Now, I'm just going to give a quick overview in this episode, but this is definitely an episode all to itself. Um, We'll be talking about um, foot health, shoe wear and foot health. Um, I want to make it really clear that I'm, again, not advocating that you should be walking around everywhere barefoot. I'm, I'm saying that there are opportunities for you to be barefoot, for you to experience uh, the forces that you need and still, you know, not be that person that everybody talks about, you know, not being that shoeless guy. Um, this coming from a guy who wears socks all around the gym at work. So, uh, but anyway, the, the point here is that shoes and especially more technologically advanced shoes have a pretty drastic impact on the way your body shapes itself and the way, uh, the way your, your muscles work, the way your tissues develop and the, your overall uh, foot, ankle, knee, and hip, and low back health. Um, so the, the short story here is, can be summed up, I guess, by a, a quick visual. Um, so your foot has an arch in it, and the arch is meant to be strong. Uh, the arch is meant to be a shock absorber in gait, in, in especially in running. And what happens when you have a running shoe that supports the arch, um, you've got a situation where you think you're actually giving yourself support, but you're actually sort of doing the opposite. So think of a bridge. Uh, think of it like a little stone troll bridge um, over a creek. Well, when that, stone, when that uh, bridge was put together... Um, there's a keystone in the middle, the, the very center stone that is the last one in place. And as soon as you set that keystone in place, the bridge magically supports itself. Well, what happens if you go under the bridge and you lift up on that keystone? What happens is if you push that keystone up, the, the, the thing that's supporting the entire arch, the arch breaks down and both sides of the bridge fall in. Well, when you support your arch from underneath, similar to the way like a pronation control or an arch support would in your shoe, you are allowing your arch to fall and you're not, you're not encouraging the muscles of your feet to do the work that they should be doing. So with that support, the intrinsic muscles in your feet think to themselves like, hey, this is awesome. I don't have to do any work here. So uh, in the body, and especially in terms of um, muscles and tendons and ligaments, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so when your in, uh, intrinsic foot musculature does not have to work, it won't work. And so your foot gets floppy and weak and smushy. And then when you go into the the running shoe store and they see your, um, you know, if you were to put a footprint on the ground, it looks like just a straight rectangle rather than, you know, a foot with an arch. 
then they'll say, oh, your arch collapses quite a bit here. Um, you're going to need some pronation control. So then the process repeats itself, and your, your foot musculature gets weaker and weaker and weaker, and you're not able to support your arch. The issue, the biggest issue there is there becomes uh, articulation problems in the foot. There's also articulation problems that can happen when your arch is collapsing, your knee comes in. So there's issues at the knee, there can be issues at the hip and the low back and on up the chain. Um, so your shoes may be putting you in an environment where you're not allowing your body to develop properly. I think the recommendation there would not be to live your life shoeless, but to take opportunities to walk barefoot, get on some uneven ground and you know, sort of feel different things with your feet, make sure your feet get squished and moved and um, put under tension and all of that. So um, that's, that's one thing that's sort of artificially creating your body. Another way, uh, or another way that we're sort of artificially supporting our body, and in a, in a lot of ways it seems different, but it's kind of the same thing. Uh, talk about the supportive nature of bras and, you know, tidy whities Those are tissues that are supposed to have stress on them, that are supposed to um, be pulled on by gravity. And, you know, if you think about, either way, I, I think women are more out there in daily life. It's, it's their breasts are more visible in daily life. So I, I think women more than men sort of fight the sag. Uh, but what happens again, just really similar to the foot, what happens with, um, breasts and testicles when they are supported artificially is that the, the muscles, there's, there's muscles there that support the tissue. There's tissue that supports the tissue. And so what happens when you artificially support something like that, like we saw in the foot, the, those muscles will atrophy and get weak. And so what appears to be a problem of, you know, aging or, or weakening, weakening muscles is sort of interpreted as we need more support. And then we see that cycle repeat itself, you know, more support leads to more sagging, which, you know, leads to the need for more support, which leads to more sagging. And so on and on we go until, you know, we're, we're, we've artificially supported ourselves all the way through our 90s or whatever. The problem with that, again, is that the body is not experiencing the forces that it should. And so there's even talk of higher rates of breast or testicular cancer because the gene expression there is not what it should be, and the, the body doesn't support those tissues like it should, and it leads to other issues. Um, also, especially, well, especially only with women, um, breastfeeding is, I guess, done less uh, these days just because there's more options. So that's another very mechanical thing, another mechanical force that can affect how, how the body expresses itself or how, how genes express themselves, how the body is shaped. Um, and so all these things, like you, you see how the things that we've developed to make us more comfortable, the things that we've developed to support or help or aid or, or support us may be leading to us being so, uh, softer overall in the, in the body and less healthy and um, more prone to injury. And so all these developments, like I said in the, in the very beginning, the irony is, uh, and this is, a, this is a direct quote from Katie Bowman, is that advances to make our lives less physically taxing have taxed us physically. And uh, so I just think that's like crazy interesting um, and something that we should consider. And I think the, just to tie it all in here with the Fit Life Formula, 
what I'm proposing with that is I think most people would call it pretty conservative, but the overarching theory is that the harder you work, the more weight you'll lose, the stronger you'll get. But I think there's a lot, we can do a lot better. Um, and you know, like the fit life formula is doing three days a week of something that you love, things that take you through different ranges of motion, things that put you back in a, a little bit more natural environment, like moving, like we were supposed to move. Um, and so I think the more I talk about this, the more traction the, the formula gets, because I'm not saying, you know, you need to go to the gym and do these really mechanical workouts. Strength training is a part of our life or, or is a part of the formula. It tends to not necessarily be a part of our life. We're not lifting and carrying as much as, you know, the, the, a more primitive, primitive human would have. Um, so sometimes doing those things in a gym setting is the only way we're going to get those. So the, the lifting part of that definitely gets at sort of the higher loads, the, the work that our bodies used to do. Um, but then don't discredit or don't devalue the uh, movement that goes on, the, the way your body moves, the way your, you know, the way your body lays when you are sleeping, um, you know, and all those different move, movements, all those different forces, because they do help um, create your body. They do help to shape your body. And uh, so that's, I think it's just super interesting to think of things that way. And hopefully it gives you a little bit of a, a different take on what fitness really is. So I hope you found this as cool as I do. And like I said, coming up, we're going to have a full episode on barefoot and uh, grounding and that kind of thing, the effect of, of being barefoot. But uh, we'll save some of the ammo for that. We'll save some, some of our cool points for that later. Um, but until next time, guys, be sure to train smart and follow the Fit Life formula. Three days of something you love to do, two days of strength training, and one workout that just sucks. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.